Welcome to Kadampa Podcasts. These podcasts offer practical solutions to daily challenges and help guide us to a happier and more peaceful state of mind. In each episode, you will find an extract from a teaching given by one of various Kadampa Buddhist teachers worldwide. All these teachings are inspired by the profound wisdom of Venerable Geshe Kelsang Gyatso Rinpoche, a Buddhist master for our time. We hope you will enjoy listening. If we have not yet trained in breathing meditation and gained some experience of it, which means um, reduced our gross distractions through training and breathing meditation, then we can use it to um, calm our mind before we do something that we're nervous about, like giving a presentation in front of a lot of people, for example, and that might help us, or it might not. Um, it, it did help me when, when I used to do that, even before I started training daily in breathing meditation. But other people have, have told me that it, um, it, it doesn't work for them, and it might depend on how out of control our mind gets at uh, a time like that, if you see what I mean. I think it will definitely be more effective if we do train in breathing meditation daily, if, if we're new to meditation and we haven't done that yet for any length of time. And the way to do that is simple. Um, we can do a breathing meditation like the one we just did each day, any time during the day, 10 to 15 minutes in general is a good length of time until we gain some experience of it. That's what it says in this book, Introduction to Buddhism. In other books, like the New Meditation Handbook, it says until we reduce our gross distractions. So I think those two things mean um, the same, essentially. We gain some experience of breathing meditation means we reduce our gross distractions through training and breathing meditation. And that might take, you know, a number of months. What number? I don't know. But it you know, probably depends on, on the person and other factors. But um, immediately, thinking back, not quite as, as far, but maybe 20 years to when I started training in breathing meditation initially on a daily basis, um, immediately... I got more clarity and focus on a daily basis, and, and that would actually help me throughout my daily activities, which were busy at the time. So I think that that benefit was pretty much immediate in, in my own experience. But then it took a number of months before I uh, gained enough experience that I had reduced my gross distractions on a more kind of um, you know general level in my life. Does that make sense so far? Okay. Any questions about breathing meditation before we go on to the next step? No. It's simple, isn't it? It, it really is. Um, so so I, don't, I don't think that it's something that really needs a, a lot of explanation necessarily. You, you've gotten enough explanation to get started if you want. And so now we, we can take a look at 
the, the next step? Um, what, what, what could the next step be if, if we are at that point where we've reduced our, our gross distractions through gaining some experience of training in breathing meditation? Um, and and what, what is different about this next step compared to breathing meditation? What's similar and what's different? In general, meditation makes our mind peaceful and calm. And there are generally peaceful states of mind, and then there are specific peaceful states of mind or specific understandings that make our mind peaceful. Do you see what I mean? The difference between general and specific. So breathing meditation makes our mind peaceful in general, but it won't necessarily be able to give us some specific peaceful states of mind or specific understandings that make our mind peaceful um, in ways that might directly address problems we're experiencing in, in our life or um, yeah, yeah, like, like spe specific things like, like anger or, or um, uncontrolled desire or anxiety or depression or things like that. But the next step can address these kinds of experiential problems more directly because it's a more targeted form of meditation, if, if that word helps you. So we, we don't abandon breathing meditation, even if we decide to take that next step and, and start training in more practical forms of meditation or more specific kinds of meditation systematically. We, we still use breathing meditation to calm the mind, but that might not take 10 minutes. It might be shorter, but we use it until our mind has been calmed um, enough or as much as it's going to be on that particular day in that particular meditation session. And then we can advance to more practical forms of meditation, practical in the sense, as I just mentioned, that um, these kind of next step meditations are able to address specific practical problems in our experience and give us also specific um, virtuous or peaceful states of mind, specific positive states of mind. It's not just about addressing the negative, it's also about giving us positive, um, positive experiences. So I'm reading from um, Introduction to Buddhism is the name of this book. And on page 45, there's a chapter that starts called, What is Meditation? It says, the heart of Dharma practice is meditation. Dharma in this context means Buddhist teachings. And um, so the heart of practicing Buddha's teachings is meditation. Now, practicing Buddhist teachings is also something um, that, that we can and, and should if, if we 
consider ourselves a, a Buddhist, or even if we're not a Buddhist, we can still practice Buddhist teachings in daily life, outside of meditation. But the heart of Dharma practice is meditation. The purpose of meditation is to make our mind calm and peaceful. If our mind is peaceful, we will be free from worries and mental discomfort, and so we will experience true happiness. But if our mind is not peaceful, we will find it very difficult to be happy, even if we are living in the very best conditions. If we train in meditation, so notice that distinction between meditation and if we train in meditation, adding the word train, if we train in meditation, our mind will gradually become more and more peaceful and we will experience a purer and purer form of happiness. Eventually, we will be able to stay happy all the time, even in the most difficult circumstances. And that will happen gradually, as it says, you know, um, eventually, if we train. So, meditation is about giving us the kind of happiness that comes from a peaceful mind or inner peace. On the next page, in the middle it says, by training in meditation, we create an inner space and clarity that enable us to control our mind regardless of the external circumstances. Gradually, we develop mental equilibrium, a balanced mind that is happy all the time, rather than an unbalanced mind that oscillates between the extremes of excitement and depression. If we train in meditation systematically, we will eventually be able to eradicate from our mind the delusions that are the causes of all our problems and suffering. So notice that, that now the word systematically has been added. We started talking about meditation, then we talked about if we train in meditation, training in meditation. Now, if we train in meditation systematically, in this way we will come to experience a permanent inner peace known as liberation or nirvana. Then, day and night, and life after life, we will experience only peace and happiness. So again, I was kind of thinking back to, to my own progress in meditation. And in the beginning, it was just a simple breathing meditation. And it got me to that point where I had reduced my gross distractions. But I wasn't training in meditation systematically in the beginning. I didn't know how. I was just... Um, meditating on whatever I could kind of get my hands on in terms of Buddhist books and, and so forth. And, um, and so I was meditating, but I would probably have to say randomly as, as opposed to systematically, that those two might be opposites in some way. I wouldn't have known how to train in meditation systematically, just left to my own devices 
um, but books like this one and the New Meditation Handbook kind of present um, ways that we can train in meditation systematically if we want. Um, I guess the other interesting thing from my own experience about, about that stage of development was that although it worked to reduce my gross distractions when I gained some experience or training in breathing meditation, um, I, I wasn't able to advance or, or progress any further than that. I got to a point where I was just able to maintain that level of um, less distraction, which I did, and I didn't want to lose that, but I wasn't able to get any further than that. And then when I learned how to train in meditation systematically, that gave me the tools or methods to then progress or advance further. So then going on, it says, this is the bottom of page 46, meditation is a method for familiarizing our mind with virtue. So familiarity is one of the key things that meditation is creating in our mind, familiarity. But we don't want any more familiarity with non-virtue or negativity, harmful states of mind. We've got too much of that from, from the past already, and, and now what we want is familiarity with virtuous or, or positive states of mind, beneficial states. So that's what meditation is a method for doing. It is a mind that analyzes or concentrates on a virtuous object. So just make a mental note about those, those two words, analyzes or concentrates, because this way of meditation we're about to learn is going to use analysis or contemplation um, to get started as part of, of that way of meditating, and then it's going to use concentration um, once we come to a conclusion as the other part of that meditation. Come back to that in more detail in a minute. It analyzes or concentrates on a virtuous object. A virtuous object is one that causes us to develop a peaceful mind when we analyze it or concentrate on it. If we contemplate an object and it causes us to develop an unpeaceful mind, such as anger or attachment, uncontrolled desire, this indicates that for us the object is non-virtuous, or we're thinking about that object, that thing, in a non-virtuous way if it causes us to develop an unpeaceful mind, an unhappy mind, a negative mind, harmful state of mind. There are also many objects that are neither virtuous nor non-virtuous, but neutral. An object in this context is not a physical object. It, it's an object of experience or understanding, Some, something that we can um, know or, or feel with our mind, but not with our eyes, ears, and so forth. For example, um, well, there are different kinds of, of wisdom, but we can use wisdom as an example in general. 
meditation on wisdom. Wisdom, therefore, is a virtuous object because it makes our mind peaceful, positive, um, compassion. Generally in Buddhism, we talk about the path of compassion and wisdom. But each of those is not just one thing. Each is a fairly broad category that includes many different things, many different things included in the category of compassion because different kinds of love are also part of developing the path of compassion. Um, there are different kinds of wisdom as well. But all of those are virtuous objects of meditation. And um, so if we do these meditations, we can check and make sure that we are doing them in a way that is making our mind peaceful, or positive, that's having a beneficial effect on our mind. If the effect is making our mind unpeaceful or negative, it's having a harmful effect on our mind, then that doesn't mean that the object itself is wrong or off in some way, but we might be doing that meditation in a way that, that isn't working as intended, and so then, you know, if we can, we can change, you know, the way that we're doing that meditation, the way that we're thinking about it, the way that we're focusing on that object. Does that make sense? Okay. And with respect to neutral objects, because there are a lot of, of things that are not non-virtuous, but they're not virtuous either. Um, if we think about or focus on those things with a virtuous intention, then that becomes virtuous through the power of that intention, not because the thing itself is naturally virtuous, but we can transform. So for example, um, many activities in our daily life, like cleaning, uh, a lot of the, the work that we, we do, um, even relaxing, are, are generally neutral. They're not usually virtuous or non-virtuous. I mean, it depends, but oftentimes they're neutral. And so if we do those things with a virtuous intention, then we can get benefit from those activities. Um, rather than just getting a neutral effect from them. Rather than having a neutral state of mind, we can have a more peaceful or positive state of mind related to those activities. If you feel inspired by this podcast, then dive deeper into the timeless wisdom of modern Kadampa Buddhism by following the link in the episode description. We look forward to reconnecting with you in the next episode of Kadampa Podcasts.